Okay, Parshas Vayetze. So, Parshas Vayetze, we have famous story. Yaakov Avinu is leaving um, his father Yitzchak and Rivka, and he's going to go spend many years abroad. He's going to spend, according to the Midrashim, 14 years in the yeshiva of Shem and Aver, but then he's going to spend 22 years, or 20 years, by his uncle Lavan. He's going to get married. Um, most of the Shvatim are born in this week's Parsha. It's a, it's a happening Parsha. So as he's going, he has out, and it says, He uh, reached the spot. doesn't say what the spot is, but we know from the Farshim, from the Gemara, that the spot is the place of the Besamikdash, the place where the Besamikdash is ultimately going to stand, Har HaMiriya. Yes? Take him one day to go from Beersheba to the, to the place. Mm-hmm. Why Abraham takes three days to go from Good question. Good question. Why did he go so quickly and why did it take Avram so long? Very good question. Very and he got the donkeys with him. And right. I don't have an answer offhand. No, let me let me look into that and get back to you. I was wondering what this happened. I was thinking maybe Avram was should I go? Not go. I'm going. I'm going to slow, slow down. Something would change. Another side question. Who is, who is the Rebbe of Shemini? Who are they? So, he doesn't say clearly. I mean, but it would seem shame went by his father, which is Nayak. Right. Now, these are all, this is all people who are at the different level of Ruach HaKodesh. I'm talking about learning Torah. Torah wasn't even yeah. given yet. But we're talking about Sadiqim, and it's a different era, different uh, period of time. And there was, in those generations, there were those few Sadiqim, whether it was Noyach, whether it was Misushalach, it says it was a Sadiq, it was Hanoich. So there was, in that time, also some Sadiqim, some type of a chain of communication with the divine that they had. Okay, I want to get off topic, sorry. No problem. Okay, good question. So, Vayivka b'amakom, Yaakov comes to that mountain, Temple Mount, Vayolen Sham, he spends the night there, goes to sleep there, Kiva Shemesh, because the sun set. Vayikach mi'avne ha'makom, he takes from the stones of the place, Vayosim irashesav, and surrounds his head, Vayishkav b'amakom ahu, and that night he slept. So what's the business with this, taking from the stones of the place and putting it around his head, says Rashi, Vayosim irashosav, asan k'min marziv, saviv l'reshe, he made them like a marziv, Marzev is some type of a circle, like a circular, a circular form around his head. Yaakov was afraid because of wild animals, and that's why he wanted to protect himself. And then we have the famous, uh, interesting and miraculous story. The stones started arguing with each other. Um, every stone wanted that the tzaddik's head should be on that stone. Hashem turned them into one stone. Then it says, He took the stone. At the beginning it says, Plural. He took many stones. At the end it says, He took one stone. And here we have this, uh, this very fascinating medrash. But even stones, which seem to be totally inanimate, they have a soul too. And the stones, the stones were able to know that Yaakov Avinu, the great tzaddik, was laying, and the stones wanted, each one really desired that Yaakov should rest his head on them, and Hashem made this, uh, joined the stones into one. That's the story of the man. There were 12 stones. 12 stones, right. Right, and uh, the, the came to say that this is a symbol of Achdus, the unification of the 12 Shvatah. Very well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, now, but we have an interesting concept. As, you know, many times you have, a, 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 you have a, uh, something you read many times, but there, there's, a, there's a glaring question. Why did he surround his head with stones? So Rashi says, because he was afraid of wild animals. 
the rest is bad. Yeah, but I'm saying if wild animals run away with your foot, you're not doing too well either. No. Right. I mean, it's true that the head is the head, but if you're afraid of wild animals, then why dafke the head? And that's what the Pasuk says very clearly. It says, Vayasim mirashosov, that he put him around his head. Mm-hmm. Rashi says, Kimin marzif soviv l'roisha, around his head. So what's, what's the story with the stones around his head? So we'll answer the question, not on a pshat level. On a pshat level, I don't know the answer to this question. Like, um, you know, what's the idea of just protecting one's head? But on a, on a mystical level, there's a very beautiful message here. And that is the following. We know that Yaakov Avinu, really he's going, is going to spend now the next uh, 20 years working. A very difficult work. He's going to be a shepherd, and he's going to be dealing with Lavan. Um, the Orachayim, in fact, I was looking over the notes from last year. Last year we talked about the Orachayim, uh, who says that this whole story of Yaakov going from Israel and going to Choron to Lavan is the story of the descent of everyone's soul. Our soul comes from heaven, it comes from a place of spirituality, of holiness, and it descends into a very mundane world and is involved with all different types of very mundane activities. And for the soul, it's difficult many times. The soul is very spiritual, very holy, very godly, and it's involved in, in the very mundane. Now, we're meant to be involved in a mundane world. Hashem created us that way. He put us into this world and we're meant to be involved and busy and work and so all these things. But there is a concept that although we get involved, our more spiritual, our more refined faculties, our head, should be involved in the spiritual. You know, yes, I got to work and yes, I got to do what I got to do and yes, I got to, you know, you put bread on the table, table, so to speak. But a person always has to have a place within themselves that remains protected, that remains um, devoted to Rukhniks, to the, to the spiritual and to the holy. And as much as they're involved in the mundane, they have a place in their head, in their mind, that stays connected to the spiritual. That's the whole concept of turning all the mundane into spiritual. Right. There shouldn't be anything that's mundane. Yes, it's mundane, but you, you as he has the, not the opportunity, but the obligation to do the mundane and to... Make that spiritual, right? Kol masach Hashem shemayim. Right, right. But in order to help that all my mundane I should make in the spirituality is when I have my moments and my times that I'm just devoted to spirituality. The person has this year of Torah, the time he goes to learn Torah with Yidavans, where then there's no place for the mundane. Then he's fully involved in the spiritual. And there's a beautiful Pasuk in Tehillim that alludes to that. We have it over here in Tehillim, Perekufchav Ches Pasuk Beis. It says, Yigia kapecha kisocha, Ashrecha v'tovlach. The, the toil of your hands, by the toil of your hands you should eat, and then fortunate and good is to you. And here the, the Mepharshim say, what does it mean, the toil of your hands? Why does it say, by the toil, the work that I do was the toil of my hands. And here they say, the Pshat, that a person gets involved in work, but there should be a place in my mind, in my head, that's not involved. There's again, there's a place in my head that that's involved in the Torah that I'm learning in the in, in Ruchnius, in the spirituality. And my involvement in the mundane is more of my external uh, facets or aspects. And that's why it uses that term, is the toil of one's hands. So there's a, there's a beautiful story. There was the, uh, the fifth Rebbe of Chabad, his name was Rabbi Shalom Dov Ber, called the Rebbe Rashad. So he had a chassid who came to him, and uh, the chassid was involved, uh, his, he was a wealthy man, he was a businessman, he was involved, primarily involved with boots, creating different types of boots and galoshes, it was called. But the Rebbe noticed that he felt that he was too involved in his work. His mind was totally in there, and he didn't have place to learn Torah and Davin. His mind was so involved in his work. The Rebbe looked at him and said, I heard you, I heard you work with boots. You always have to remember 
The feet belong in the boots, not the head. <laughs> he says, your head shouldn't be in your boots. Keep your feet in your boots. Your head, you have to have place in your head to soar away to more ruchnistic places. And that's what it means, yegiyah kapecha kiseicha. The work of your hands. That's what you should eat because ultimately it has to be something more external. So that's how they explain this concept that Yaakov surrounded his head. He surrounded his head with stones. He's going down to Choron. He's going to Lavan. He wanted to make sure that at least the most refined parts of who he is, his mind, his heart, the most internal parts are surrounded and protected and they shouldn't be uh, overly, uh, too overly involved in the work with Lavan. They should remain in the realm of the spiritual. There was another Misa, a story of a chassid. I heard, I, he passed away before I was born, but I heard about him. His name was Reb Chaim Meshal Perovich. Point is, um, he, came, he came to, he came from Russia, I think to Israel, right, Israel. And they gave him a job, and he was working, um, like, in a, build a construction site. And he was, he was an elderly chassid, but he had to make some ends meet. So they gave him a job in construction site, and he's, you know, schlepping bricks and whatever. After a while, they realized this is not for him. He's more of a refined person. He said, you know, you can have a job in the office. You don't have to do the, the hard labor. He gave him a job in the office. After a couple of days, he came and says, you know what, I, I want the job back outside. I want the job schlepping the bricks. I don't want the job in the office. And they asked him why. He says, when I do the job of schlepping, I'm, only my hands are involved. My mind, I'm, I'm reviewing Torah. My mind, I'm reviewing Gemara, Tanya. My mind is free. In the office, it's more, it's not, it's easier. But my mind has to be involved. But I have what to do with my mind. I want my mind for myself. I'll do the work with my hands. That was Mamish. This idea of Yegia Kapecha Kiseichal that Yaakov Avinu surrounds his head. That his head should, head should remain more ruchniistic. That's that that first idea of uh, surrounding his head with stones. Okay. Let's move on to another idea, also connected, perhaps in a more practical way, with, um, with our work in this world. Perik Lamed Pasukhov. Now we're talking about the Shvatim. As I said, most of the Shvatim are born in this week's parsha. Um, Leah finally has the, her sixth, and that is Zivulun. Right? We know the, the ongoing story in this parsha that we have Rachel and Leah, and Rachel is the more beloved wife, and Leah is less beloved, and that's something that's very much felt by Leah. And when she gives birth to the sixth child, Hashem gave me this, this wonderful gift. Now my husband will live with me. He'll actually, I'll become his primary home. Because I, I've given him, I've, I've given birth to six sons. Vatikra es shemo zivulun. And this was the shevet that became known as zivulun. So the word zivulun is comes from the word yizbeleni, which means that he will live with me. Right? Rashi says yizbeleni lashon base zvul base madur, the place where a person lives, the, the primary home of a person. Meata lotehe iker diraso ela imi. Leia says from now, Yaakov's primary dwelling place will be with me. Because I have children that equal everyone else's. There's going to be 12 tribes. I have six. That means I have half of the tribes. There's no question, Leah says, Yaakov is going, I'm going to be the primary dwelling place of Yaakov. Now, I'm not sure she was correct. It doesn't seem so. It seems that Yaakov kept his primary dwelling with Rachel until she passes away. But be that as it may, we have here a very interesting phenomenon, and that is that Zivulun. The word Zvulun is, is a primary dwelling place. That's what it means. 
So why is Zivulun called Zivulun? Because Leah says, Yaakov is going to dwell with me. But here's the, here's the, the question or, or the thought. Zivulun is Zivulun's name. And Zivulun is a primary dwelling place. According to the Pasuk, the one who's talking about the dwelling place is Leah. Right? Leah says, because I have six sons, Yaakov will dwell with me. But meanwhile, Zivulun got the name. Now, we've discussed many times that a name carries significance about the person who carries the name. Right? In fact, last week, I think, I think it was last week I mentioned it, which, it's the story of the Gemara by Rabbi Meir, but I didn't put it down here, but I, today I, just, I put it on the paper, so we'll have it here. It's a, a story in Gemara Masech Yuma, which says, Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yossi, have ka'azli ba'urcha. Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Huda, Rabbi Yossi were traveling. Rabbi Meir have bishma. Rameir, when he would hear a name, he would tell you, he would look at the name and be careful about it and understand about the person from their name. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda, didn't, they weren't Bidaik, they didn't look so carefully into a name. They came to a place and they, they were looking to a place to stay. Yavuluhu, they were given a place to stay. They asked the, uh, the uh, innkeeper, what's your name? Kidor. He said, my name is Kidor. So Rameer says, Kidor, I don't like the name. <laughs> he says, this is not a good guy. This must be a wicked man. The Pasuk says, it will be a negative generation. The word is Kidor. And his name is Kidor. Rameer gave this man their wallets to hold for Shabbos. Rameer didn't. He was suspicious of the man. Azil Usve Bekivre Davua. Rameir buried the his wallet right I don't know if we realized it was right near the grave of this Kidor's father. Ishazale Bechalmi, this Kidor's father was also no good Nick. He came to his son in a dream and he said, Take the wallet that's by my head. Because the father who's already dead told the son that this Rameir's wallet is buried near me. Go, go grab it. The, the son told the rabbi, you know, I had this weird dream last night. My father told me there's a wallet near, my, near his head in the cemetery. So the rabbanim said, nah, it's nonsense. Don't listen to it. He says, dreams are Friday night. Don't listen to it. He says, Azal Rameir, Venatri Kuli Rameir then went and he guarded the wallet for the rest of Shabbos. Lamacha, the next day, Amru Lahav Lankisan, the people, Rabbi Rabbi asked the innkeeper for their money. Amru Lahav Lankisan said, I don't know what you're talking about. I never took anything. And Rameir said, why didn't you look at the guy's name? A name tells you about the person, right? If his name was Kidor, then, then there's what to be concerned about. That's the story of the Gemara. So that story tells us what it says in many sfarim, especially sfarim of Kabbalah, that the name of a person tells us about the nature of the person, tells us something very powerful about the person, which is why we put such significance into Hebrew names. You know, a Hebrew name of a person, whether a boy or a girl, a man or a woman, is a powerful um, expression about the person. Now, Understanding that, there's this very fascinating idea. Zivulun. Is, Zivulun comes from the name, as we just said, the place where Yaakov is going to have his dwelling place. What does Zivulun represent? When you think about the 12 Shratim in general, what does Zivulun represent? Who was Zivulun? Zivulun was the businessman. Right? Zivulun was the merchant. He was the businessman. You know, famously, Yisachar were the Talmudic Chachamim. Zvulun were the merchants, the businessmen, and they supported the Talmud Chachamim. And here we're being told that where is Yaakov's primary dwelling place? With Zvulun. Right. 
And the question is, Yaakov, more than anything else, is known for Torah. Zvulun, more, more than anything else, is the businessman. Let's see some basic psukim. Parshas told, in, in told us, when Yaakov and, and Esav grow up, Esav is a hunter. Yaakov ishtam yoshev ohalim. Yaakov is a simple son who always sat in the tents. Which tents? Says Rashi. Right, you talked before. Yaakov was a yeshiva person. Yaakov was more than anything else a person who studied Torah. Zvulun, on the other hand, was a merchant. As we have in Parshas Vayichi, Zvulun lechof yamim yishkon, v'hu lechof aniyos v'yarkasu He was the one who was by the ports and he was on the boats. Rashi says, he was in the port. Um, Prachmatia is doing business. Prachmatia was always involved in business. He was the one who would support Yisachar. They were involved in Torah. This is what Moshe Rabbeinu says. Zvulun should rejoice in Yisachar. Zvulun goes to business. Yisachar learns Torah. So here's the question. Yaakov Avinu is the man of Torah. Yaakov is the scholar. Yaakov is the, the tzaddik. Zulun is the businessman. A good businessman, supports Torah scholars. But why is Zulun's name represents that Yaakov um, makes his primary connection, his dwelling place with Zulun? So here we have this crossover, this connection, that Dafka, the Dafka, the one who's the businessman, he somehow connects with Torah, that that becomes the place of Torah. And what's the meaning? What's the message over here? And there's, of course, different, different approaches, different messages. I'll talk about one. The Amos is, when a person studies Torah, that's his life. He just studies Torah. He's very spiritual, studies Torah all day and all night. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. But the Torah is never sort of tested because he's living in a spiritual world and that's wonderful. He's able to afford it and he's able to live his life in yeshiva and kill, whatever it is. Givaldi. The businessman, the one who goes out to the world, the one who's involved in all types of things, and he still makes time to learn Torah, makes time to daven. When he has extra time, when he has time off, he takes on an extra shir on Shabbos, he learns extra. His Torah carries a certain permanence that the other one doesn't have because it's tested. It's tested and still held truth. So we, we have a cloud that when, when is the true strength of something revealed, when it's tested against all odds and it still holds strong, then you know that that's something that's really, really firm and rooted. Like we have in the Pasuk in Pashas Re'eh, when Hashem tests us, why does He test us? As the Pasuk says, Ki Hashem Eschem Ladas, Hashem tests us, to know, do we truly love Hashem? In other words, there's nothing that really reveals our love for Hashem as much as a test. When we're not tested, it's all good. But how real is that? When we're tested, we know that that's something real. And the same thing, same thing is with a Balshuva. What's the strength that a Balshuva carries over a Tzaddik? So Rambam, that's the last quote on the page, Rambam says, he says, Al Yidama Adam Balchuva, Balchuva should not think Shumaruchot Mimaila Sadikim that he's lesser than the than the than the Maila of a Tzadik. Because of the sins that he performed. Rambam says, the one who sinned and did Shuva is not less than a Tzadik. 
Ohu v'nechmad l'fnei habore, his beloved before the Creator, kilu l'chotam e'olam, as if he never sinned. V'lo'od, not just that, s'chari harbi has a tremendous award, because the Balshuva has something that he doesn't, which is, shari tom tamachit, he tasted the taste of sin, upirish mimenu, v'kavash yitzro, he removed himself from the sin and conquered his Yitzhahara. Amru chachamim makam shabal tshuva omen and tzadikim burim yecholim lamed bo. The sages say a tzadik, about tshuva stands in a place where a tzadik cannot. Kilomar malasan gedola, their mila is greater. Mimailas elu shalochatu than the mila of those who never sinned. Mibnei shen kovshim yitzram yoser mehem. They have to conquer the Yitzhahara more than the tzadik. So here we have a concept, whether it's about Shuva, whether it's a person has a test, that when a person is tested with the other side and remains strong, that strength is a greater strength. And that explains the story of Zevulun and Yaakov. That's Dafke Zevulun, Dafke Zevulun, who's the one who goes out in business. And he's the one who spends time by the ports and on the boats. He's not in the Bismedrash all day. He's not in the Kolil all day. He's very much in the world. And when that person is able to still see to it, that he is Kovait in the Torah, he has times for Torah study. And again, when he has some extra time, he adds time in Torah study. That Torah is more meaningful or more, more rooted, more permanent than even the Torah of the one who just is able to learn Torah all the time. And that's why we have that, that the name Zivulun means a dwelling place, the place that Yaakov Taked dwells. And amazingly, we'll conclude in this week's Parsha, where did Yaakov set up, where did Yaakov have all of Kal Yisrael? All the Shvatim were born where? You think about it. Yaakov spent many years in places of holiness and spirituality. He spent 60-something years by his father Yitzchak. You know, Yosheh Vahala. Then he went to the Yeshiva of Shem and Aver. He spent another 14 years. But in all these places, he didn't get married, didn't have children. Where, where did he get married and where were all the Shvatim born? Dafka. By Lavan. Mm. And what was he doing by Lavan? Then he wasn't learning. He was in business. He was a shepherd. He was, he was growing Lavan's flock and Lavan's wealth. And as the Pasuk says, he made Lavan into a wealthy man. So that Yaakov's greatest spiritual achievements didn't come when he was in yeshiva. It came when he was in the, work, in the workforce. It came when he was working for a living and, and doing what you got to do, like you said before, and Dafkadir was he able to find and appreciate and, and, and really create his greatest ruchnistic achievements. And that's the story, and that's the story of this world. I mean, the fact is that the vast majority of people um, have to work for a living, right? Um, the Gemara says, Reb Shum Barichai said, a person goes to work. What do you mean? A person should never stop working to so they asked Rabbi Shimon so who's going to you know, support? He says, Hashem will take care of it. But Rabbi Shimon says, no, no, no. You learn by night, learn in the morning, you go to work. The Gemara says that whoever tried to do like Rabbi Shimon Barichai didn't accomplish. He says, the way of the world is that a person has to be worldly. That's the way Hashem created the world. And when we're able to be worldly and involved and still remain spiritual, tr- spiritually true and still have our thanks for Torah study and for mitzvahs and for tefillah, that's when the Kedusha is truly permanent, brought, brought into this world in the way that Hashem wants it. And that's the message of Zivulun, the dwelling place for Yaakov, the one who went out to the world and still remained a ruchnistic, a spiritual person. Mm.
Yeah, sure. Well, right. Yeah. Very good.